0: This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on
1: Mile High Sports. After watching the divisional round of the playoffs and watching some brilliant quarterbacking play, The Denver Broncos will be moving on from Russell Wilson at the moment. The quarterbacks they have on staff, uh, Jared Stidham and Ben DiNucci. Suffice it to say, that's not going to be enough. Joining us to talk about that and more with the Denver Broncos is our Broncos lead writer and the host of the Good Morning Broncos program at Mile High. Uh, Cody Rourke, Cody Rourke NFL is the handle on social media. Cody, uh, appreciate you joining us. I want to ask first and foremost, just what were your thoughts watching Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. I'll, I'll give you a summary for mine that I I would I admittedly borrowed uh, from a person on the internet. I thought it was brilliant that that actually wrote this. That as a Bears fan, watching Mahomes versus Allen is like a caveman being handed an iPhone. <laughs>
0: That's interesting. That's very very interesting to say the least. Uh, I mean I don't know how to respond to that one. Uh, I saw a lot of comparisons before the game that, hey, this is the next Brady versus Manning. But I think, look, as good as both these guys are, I still don't think we can make that comparison. Like, Brady versus Manning was next level in terms of that. And there might be a similar building arc, right? Because for the longest time, Peyton couldn't get over the hump of beating Brady, right, Right. in Indy.
2: Yeah, well, Brady Brady is kind of Mahomes in this comparison. And at least yeah. uh, for now, Allen is Peyton Manning during those early years uh, with the Colts when uh, not only couldn't the Colts beat the Patriots at least until 06 in the, in the postseason, but Peyton Manning did not play well in the in, in no. those games. That's the difference to me that Allen has played well uh, in, yeah. in, in the last two of these three playoff matchups uh, over the last four years. And he's just come up short. I mean, he's put up 24, 36, and 24 points in the three games. That's not bad. And the KC defense is good now. It wasn't so good yeah. the last two times he played them. But and that's, that's kind of the, what I would – I mean, Brady and Manning are the gold standard, right?
0: Well, 100%. And, look, I think that the, this rivalry that you have between Josh and Patrick, I think it can get there. I still think it needs a little more juice. And the first time – I think we'll start getting more credence towards that is when Josh Allen in the, in the postseason beats the Chiefs or they're in a conversation where they make it to the Super Bowl and the Chiefs do not. I mean, but aside from that, I mean, you just can't help but marvel at how good both these guys are, these quarterbacks. And, look, Stephon Diggs had a very bad drop late in that oh. game last He's night. He's had a bad game. And cost him yeah. the game.
2: Yeah. Cost him uh, the game as much as the missed field goal I, did.
0: More. I don't think he's going to be back. I don't, I don't even, think nope. Stephon Diggs is going to be back. Nope. They, but it's like, you know, Khalil, I mean, Khalil Shakur, they miss Gabe Davis. Like, they have still, uh, Dawson Knox, obviously Kincaid. they yep. got some talented guys there. Sure. I think they'll get a wide receiver that can help. But I just couldn't help but watch that game. And, even look, even watching Jared Goff versus Baker Mayfield, sure. you saw, okay, like, hey, both these guys are first overall picks for a yep. reason. Yep. Previously, to me, that's why I kind of wrote my article this morning, is that this week, and the biggest takeaway I had on – the AFC playoffs is that the Broncos, they need to draft a guy and they need to build around him. And, look, not to expect postseason in a a rookie quarterback's first year, but, you know, I think we've seen the formula where Denver felt like they had already built a team around, like a a foundation for the team, that they could just plug and play any quarterback and it would work. They've tried that. It hasn't worked. So now go with what you've seen work for these teams during the postseason where they drafted a quarterback and they've built around whoever that quarterback is that seems like the most sustainable way for Denver to find success in the long term.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's been the gambler's fallacy. And I've been putting that out there forever. You know, the, 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 the tremendous careers and they deserve it. But Terrell Davis and Tom Brady like ruined scouting for people for a generation. <laughs> they just kind of assume, well, well, I, I could just grab somebody, right? Yeah, but uh, CJ Stroud, second overall pick. Lamar Jackson, first rounder. Jordan Love, first rounder. Uh, Baker Mayfield, first overall pick. Jared Goff, Garfield, first overall first pick. Overall. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, first rounders. But Purdy is the exception, not the rule. And yeah. by the way, had Trey Lance, <laughs> who they traded up for to pick third overall, it worked out. We wouldn't be talking about Brock Purdy. The Niners' plan was to have a first rounder that they built around. It didn't work. If you want a sustained success, you pick quarterbacks and you pick them high. We had Brian Billick on last week. And with the Denver Broncos picking at twelve, I asked him the question: like, the evaluation is that Michael Penix or Bo Nix are late first rounders or maybe early second rounders. But if you like them, do you take them and say forget about the reach, or do you try to trade down? And, and he actually said what what I would agree with as well: don't try to manipulate the draft because you don't know. You can trade down, but then other people can trade up. You can't control that. If you believe in a guy, you take him, and you deal with whatever it is that happens after that, no matter where anyone else thinks he should have been picked or not. You find your guy, you identify him, and you take him. Is that what you think the Broncos should do at 12, whether that means it's Penix or Knicks, assuming that May, Williams, and Daniels are all gone? 100%. I
0: think I that's got to be the formula. I agree run. with you. Yeah, I don't care so... if
1: people give them second-round grades. You, you have, you're well, my, out of time. If you like them, I love posted. them.
0: Yeah, my article got posted on Reddit and it was a conversation topic today in the Broncos subreddit there in terms of what they were talking about. You if you like and I said it in my article specifically, if you feel if you're not sure about a guy and you're there at 12 or you have a chance to move up, you're not sure about a guy, don't take him if you're not sure, but if you believe that this guy can do something for you, you take him, right? Because what did Denver do in 2016? They felt the pressure and they reached by trying to trade back up to get Paxton Lynch. We all saw how that worked out, and I think that has scared so many fans, but the reality is, and look, this has been the thinking in Broncos country. I love Broncos fans to death, but they're looking at, okay, well, George Payton's never drafted a quarterback. Sean Payton's never drafted a quarterback in the first round or has developed a guy. Just because they haven't done that doesn't mean that they shouldn't do it. I mean, this is every reason why they should do it. Do it. Never
2: they, done they, it they did it in it Minnesota. It just didn't work out. Yeah, and, and in, yeah. Payton,
1: in Payton's case. But, but you're right. It, even though It doesn't mean they shouldn't do it, but it also means that you shouldn't assume it'll be successful because uh, we'll use right. Sean Payton's Correct. term himself, right, confidence. Yeah. Is, uh, demonstrated is demonstrated ability. ability. There has been no demonstrated ability that was Sean Payton and a young quarterback. So you shouldn't have any confidence there, and that's not my definition. That's Payton's definition. Yeah. But I agree with you. The organi- organization is in a position where they have no choice. Look, I mean, look at this. Let me give you these names. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Tua tonga C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Aaron Rodgers. That's 10 quarterbacks that are all in the AFC. That's just AFC. More than half the AFC. The Broncos yep, simply cannot realistically <laughs> compete for a playoff spot unless they get the quarterback situation solved, and you can't keep kicking the can down the road and sign Jameis Winston or Brian Tannehill and hope that that's going to yeah. do it. You have to actually pick a direction and start rowing.
0: I agree. Well, and here's the thing, too. Somebody told me, well, Denver's got to build the foundation for a young guy to come around. No, like you get the young quarterback and you build around him because here's the thing if you build the foundation before you have a quarterback and you get a young quarterback within the two, three years of that span, right. those other players may not fit what that quarterback does well. And therefore, okay, well now it's like, now you need to find new pieces. You get the guy in the building. Like, look, look example, Like I look at the Houston Texans. Exactly. CJ is an anomaly. They don't have the best receivers, right? Nico Collins was considered, wasn't considered a good wide receiver prior to this year like a lot of people are like Mm -hmm. well you know he's a talented guy but you know he's not going to be a number one guy well he emerged to be the number one guy in houston because they had a quarterback who just could mesh with what he could do well and then all of a sudden now you see they're building you know they had a couple of pieces on the offensive line which denver internally believes they have a couple of pieces on the offensive line that can help any quarterback that can come in i think i'm more confident about denver's offensive line if they plug in a new young guy with where they're at and they know that, Hey, this guy can operate, you know, me like, and, and look, I I'm obviously an Oregon duck fan, but I'm not, I'm not going to be, I can find a way to separate my Oregon duck bias here. I look at Bo Nix and how he processes, how smart he is, how much experience he has at the college football level. And the comp that I get to him, like that, I feel like he's the closest comparison and we'll get to a Drew Brees in quite some time from just a mechanic standpoint and from an ability standpoint Obviously, Drew's got the reputation. He had to do a lot of work to get to who, where he was with Sean Payton because he was coming off that shoulder injury from John Lynch when he was a member of the San Diego mm-hmm. Chargers. And Bo is a guy that when I look at Sean Payton and I look at Drew Brees and their time together, what do we constantly see with Drew Brees? High completion percentage and the ability to throw lasers, you know, in the short to intermediate and also ripping it, uh, you know, in the intermediate game. Not necessarily the deep ball passing game, which everyone is so enamored about. Denver had the deep ball passing game this year. They didn't have the short-to-intermediate stuff that mattered. I look at Bo Nix and how he is, and I'm like, I, when I watch him, I, I can't help but think if this guy could do what Drew Brees did in New Orleans, potentially, if he's got the right pieces around him, and if Sean Payton you know, believes that he can see that. And if Sean feels that way, Sean needs to go out and get his guy. And, look, I, it, this is going to be the hard conversation for the next couple of months we got to see what they do in free agency. I don't think what they do in free agency is really going to impact what they do in the draft from a quarterback standpoint, potentially. I do think quarterback is going to be what they do at 12, though.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's almost a must now. And, uh, you know, I, I understand the, the idea that if you force the pick, you're kind of chasing your tail. You're trying to make up for past mistakes, and they made a few. The The Paxton Lynch mistake set them back years. It did. Because yeah. even if, and I honestly believe, they didn't think he would necessarily start the first year. They knew he was raw. They knew that much. Um, they ignored some other factors that they should have paid attention to. We all know that. But it set them back years because in 17 and even 18, let's say it 18, they expect him to be the starting quarterback, not Case Keenum. In 19, Paxton yeah. Lynch, not Joe Flacco. In 2020, not Brock Drew Locke. Not yeah. Drew yeah. Locke. Well, but, but that was desperation. And that, yeah. that was also a bit of chasing your tail. Well, why'd you let him go the first time? You know, yeah. why'd you let him go? And maybe, you know, an element of why did he leave? Because it didn't help his career to leave. As it turned out, but I, I think you have to find someone and you may be exactly right on Nick's because the thing about Breeze and Peyton Nick, was Nick's that they the were kindred yeah. spirits. Yeah, they spoke the same language. They were on the same intellectual philosophical plane. They spoke a language that nobody else around the Saints understood, but they understood it. And that was all that mattered. And, and Breeze was also a leader. So it, it, in Breeze, they had just about everything you could want. And the strength of his arm or his height didn't make that much difference. They have to find, Peyton has to find, and that's Peyton's biggest challenge. He's got to find a quarterback. And, it, and I yep. guess it could be in the third or fourth round. You know, it doesn't have to be in the first. But as Sean points out, you know, people are getting too smart now. Yeah. I, you know, you're not you're not going to see a Purdy last as long as he did. And, no. and even, he, even he the 49ers, him. and I think the 49ers were purposeful and intentional in taking Breeze. But if they thought he'd be this good,
1: yeah, they'd have drafted case, him right. earlier, yeah. just
2: like the Patriots would have taken Brady earlier sure. if it was unanimous within their organization that they take
0: him. Yeah, and look, they're going to get some intel coming up. Uh, Davis Webb obviously is going to be an offensive coordinator at the East-West Shrine Bowl. Florida State's Jordan Travis isn't going to play yeah. in that game, but he's going to be there to interview right. and meet with teams. But they have Kentucky's Devin Leary. Kaden Slovis out of BYU, uh, Jack Plummer out of Louisville, Austin Reed out of Western Kentucky, and then even like UCF's got John Reese, Plumlee, and there's even other quarterbacks that are going to be there. That you know, are going to have a chance to do some intel on it. And Look, if they're if they're not set on a quarterback at number 12, or if the guy that they really really want is gone before 12, there could be another guy that you know maybe could fit that bill that could come in and compete, but. Uh, I, I just think with where Denver is at, I mean, you're right, Sandy, like they have John Payton has to get quarterback, right? Like that is the top priority over everything else right now and with this team. I know yeah. that there were some mock drafts with a cornerback. Look, I'm not opposed to that either. If the quarterback situation is addressed, but if they're not going to get that in free agency, you know, you have to find a way to right. get a young guy right. and build right. around and Payton's got four years left on his contract. And look, I don't think he's going to get that extended by bringing in a guy like Jameis Winston who's not going to be at his peak anymore. You can't do that by doing the stopgap stuff. Like Denver has tried that for seven years. And as we talk about, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. What's going to change this year? Like if they go with the same stopgap, you know, we we'll put a band aid on the quarterback position and hope everything falls into place you get the young guy and that buys you some more wiggle room essentially as well, because everybody, I think for the most part, understands. well, they took a rookie guy. He's not going to be perfect right away unless he's an anomaly type player, which would be a great case scenario. But the reality of that's very unlikely here. So you know what? We're going to have a grace period. There's going to be an extended grace period. As long as this guy's continuing to develop that buys Sean Payton, more time as a head coach. And as long as he wants to do it. So, to me, I think that's where we have to kind of see where this team is at. I agree
1: with you. It's got to be quarterback. Yeah, and I I agree with you. I think it's a no-brainer for Peyton that it'll be Bo Nix. I think that's exactly his style. Let me ask you, uh, we're talking to Cody Rourke of Miley Sports. Uh, before you go, just about two different players. You talked about the offensive line. Lloyd Cushenberry is an unrestricted free agent. So if you could talk about what Cushenberry will do. And then the other interesting one, Cortland Sutton on Instagram a couple of weeks ago sounded as if he was uh, making his farewell to the Denver Broncos he has two more years on his contract but they're almost at 18 million dollars a year the Broncos certainly want to knock that down but Sutton in this case has all the leverage if he doesn't want to take a pay cut he can tell them cut me like you're going to do Russell Wilson and I'll latch on on a new team what do you think happens with Sutton and Cushionberry?
0: Uh, I think Cush is gone. I think they I move too. on to Forsyth. I think Sutton is back. Um, I think there's. A, I think Sutton is back. They find a, they'll find they find a way to get something done with him, but I think that they asked Tim Patrick to restructure. I think Tim will, considering he's off back-to-back season and injuries and training camp. He'll take a pay cut, I think. Not a pay cut, but he'll restructure his deal, and that'll help out. I think Tim's going to be back as well, and then Jerry's going to be in his final year. And then we'll probably hit free agency. I think you are going to see these three guys back at receiver this year for
1: Denver. Well, make sure you follow Cody for the latest. Uh, You can catch all the things he's putting together Miley Sports Talked about the story today. Go check it out at MileySports.com. And the uh, uh, Good Morning Broncos podcast, Locked on Broncos, a busy man. Always good to get a chance to talk to you. Cody Rourke, NFL is the handle. And Cody Rourke is the guy that you want to pay attention to for all the latest in the Broncos in a pivotal offseason. Appreciate it, Cody. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one. All right. Thanks so much. Cody Rourke joining us there. want to get your thoughts on that as well. 303-831-1340. Is it quarterback or bust? I I personally think it is. And uh, I like Michael Penix Jr., but I I think Sean Payton being Sean Payton is going to lean Bo Nix. If you're Broncos country and they pick Bo Nix 12th, it's going to take a couple years. Are you cool with it? Does it buy you time? I, I am curious to see how people think about that because I do wonder how much patience the Broncos fans have left at the same time I think Cody is right. If you bring in a rookie and the rookie shows promise, then I think people can be patient because the quarterback situation has been so bad for so long over at Superbook sports. I want to remind you that we're changing the game. You can win some money this season with Superbook sports, the most trusted name in sports gambling with a direct line to Las Vegas. And now when you use the promo code mile high, you'll score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. And that means win or lose. Superbook will match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code MILEHIGH. That one's easy to remember, so here's how you get it. Download the Superbook Sports app, enter the promo code MILEHIGH, and you'll get $250 courtesy of Superbook Sports. Just that easy. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Denver Nuggets uh, played the Washington Wizards yesterday, and they did what they were supposed to do. They they won, and they won rather handily. But Nikola Jokic is doing some um, Nikola Jokic things. I don't know if there's any other way to define it because I've never really seen anything like that. Just Nikola Jokic things. And you don't have to ask me. You can ask the guy that tried to guard him. We'll hear from him next on My Life Sports.
0: Sandy Cuff and Sean Trotar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at superbook.com.
1: Here's Sean and Sandy. Yesterday, the Nuggets knocked off the Washington Wizards on the road, 113-204. Uh, the, the Wizards, quite frankly, and we'll talk about it more, uh, played pretty well for a rebuilding team that dropped to 7-35. and But Nikola Jokic in that game, 42 points, 12 boards, 8 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, no turnovers, plus 20 in his 36 minutes, shooting 15 for 20, and, and even even more than that. Boy, I, I had trouble remembering the five no. shots he missed. How, how about this? Well, here are the five shots he missed because it looked him up. The first one, he got fouled. The second, he rebounded the miss and then scored. Right. The third one he rebounded the miss and then scored again. Right. The fourth one he just missed and the fifth one he missed was the was it the shot clock expiring and he just chucked it and it went off the rim. Yeah. Those were his misses. That was the grand total of his misses. And when you talk about guys who had 42 points, 12 plus boards and 8 plus assists on 75% field goal shooting. 5 players have ever done it. Nikola Jokic has done it twice. Giannis Antetokounmpo done it twice. Wilt Chamberlain's done it twice. Hmm. Artis Gilmore did it once. Walt Bellamy did it once. That's it. I, it, it, Jokic continues to just sort of defy logic. And if you think that defending him is a nightmare, don't ask me. Ask the, uh, the poor man who was assigned that role. Pretty for, good young player. For Washington. A pretty good young player uh, named Daniel Gafford, who scored 15 points and had seven boards uh, while shooting seven for 10. Uh, he was asked after the game what it was like to guard Jokic, and uh, Danny Bailey in the booth has done a good job because he kind of got asked the same question three straight times after the game. So you get his answers, but they're all about the idea of stopping Nikola Jokic, and um, self-effacing would be a very nice way to describe it for Gafford.
3: You know, I knew kind of how my night was going to be, so I just really just kind of like put my hard hat on. Just went out and just... Took a step up to the challenge, that was the main thing. Just came out and just did the best I could, pretty much. Felt like I came out and just, you know, I tried to just have like maximum level of aggression, pretty much, at the end of the day, just, you know, Jokic, he's a big guy and just trying to match his physicality was kind of like one of the main things that I wanted to really just go out and kind of see if I can improve on, you know, time and time again when I've guarded him. There's been, you know, times where it's like, you know, oh, he's just, pretty much just banging and banging in there. So it's just like, you know, trying to just take that step and just match that physicality is something that I really wanted to just really work on tonight, you know. At the end of the day, sooner or later, they're going to let me do it. (laughs) Even though I was close, don't foul out. Um, That was just the main thing. You know, any time that I've guarded Nicola, I've always fouled out or always was like at least like tonight, one foul call away. So that was just kind of like the main thing is just trying to – keep frustration as one of the things that stayed away from this game because I needed all mental focus to just be on trying to find some type of way to stop him at the end of the day. And with, with that being easier said than done, you know, I just came out and I felt like that, in all honesty, I took a step in the right direction for sure.
1: Full, full credit to Gafford, by I, the way. I thought, I thought he, played those, well. he played well. And I thought those were actually really insightful things when you're on a rebuilding team. His idea about like, look, I, I loved his sort of, Understanding where he, you know kind of trailed off, he's like, I I just did the best I could, pretty much. I mean, that's kind of all you can do. And he's right; the best way to disrupt Jokic is try to be physical with him, which is the best you could do. And he didn't foul out, though he did get five fouls uh, for a young player. That's a he really did do about all you can do. You you tried to body him up, you tried to make things difficult. Uh, he's the best player in the world for a reason. And, and as Gafford put it, I kind of knew how my night was gonna go.
2: Yeah, and uh, you know Bagley played. Well, coming off the bench, 14.7 rebounds. Gafford had 15.7 rebounds. I mean, their center play was good. On Friday night in Boston, Porzingis, I thought, played one of his better games. I I didn't think he had much to do with their losing. I think that was on Tatum and Brown, who were 2-for-17 on threes. Porzingis played well. And, you know, (laughs) the Celtics lose for the first time all year. Porzingis having a terrific game. And... Uh, you know, it's just the way it is uh, on a nightly basis for most guys going up against Jokic. You 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 try to make him work defensively. You you try to bang him a little bit and hope that some of those fouls can be absorbed by your backup, so you can play with some reasonable degree of aggressiveness because you know you're going to get uh, foul calls, and you also know that. Even if he misses, there's a good chance he's he's going to muscle you. And, and get, rebounded he, himself like the he did on two of on the his five misses. Boards. And, right. uh, you know, we saw a game recently uh, in Philadelphia where they didn't want to put Embiid on him. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a good move, actually. But in leaving smaller guys on Jokic, he had 11 offensive rebounds in the game. Right. And that guy you know if he doesn't kill you one way he'll kill you another or he'll kill you in in several ways uh, all at once and you know i i i didn't think it was an electrifying performance by the nuggets by any means um you could tell by the foul shooting that maybe their concentration wasn't there after a very emotional win in boston two right. nights earlier because they shot uh, 19 for 28 at the foul line uh, but uh They had 11 block shots, the Nuggets did. Uh, Jokic had two of those 11 blocks, but almost everybody chipped in. Now, uh, the Nuggets are just a a remarkable team. They rose to the occasion Friday night. Uh, Boston really didn't play badly. I I watched Boston at home this year play worse than they did on Mm -hmm. Friday night and, and get by and win, but you don't get by the Nuggets. When they're into it, you don't get by with anything other than an A or maybe A minus effort. And the Celtics are probably a B, uh, maybe even a B plus in in most areas uh, the other night. And uh, with Washington, uh, Michael Malone had it right after the game when he said, we have to understand, even when we're playing these kinds of teams, they're going to give it their best. And we've got to be ready.
1: Right. For that. Especially off the, they're they're the emotional high of beating like Boston. Right. Play. Yeah. And
2: I, I'm watching you know this can happen. I'm watching West Virginia and Kansas on Saturday and West Virginia was shooting like 30% on threes and on Saturday they couldn't miss. They're playing at home. They can't miss. Well Kansas kind of gets especially in the Big 12. They get everybody's best shot. West Virginia won't play another game nearly that well for the rest of the year but they'll be able to say at the end of the year at least during the regular season they knocked off Kansas they knocked off Kansas and now in a big 12 there's only one game against certain opponents so Bill Self won't have a win against West Virginia at least not in the regular season uh, this year and Kansas wasn't ready for West Virginia to play well Uh, the Nuggets probably weren't totally prepared for Washington to play well. But they weren't, totally, but they unprepared. Them, they weren't right. totally unprepared either. And they kept them at arm's length and, uh, stretched the lead when they had the chance to do that and, uh, coasted in, in spots. But, uh, you know, Malone took the game seriously, uh, but not in a maniacal way. Look at the minutes of starters, right. got; they were all over 30, right? All of them. So he, he was playing as starters, uh, what was it? Uh, KCP thirty five. Yep. Murray thirty nine. Jokic
1: thirty six. Porter thirty two. And Gordon thirty one. And Gordon thirty one. Yep. Uh, it's really gone to a, an eight man uh, in the last few games. It's gone to an eight man rotation. Yeah, you, know, you have Watson, uh, Brown, and and Jackson coming off the bench. That's kind of been it. You know, Najee and DeAndre Jordan got a couple minutes, but this is really distilled down to eight guys. That's
2: right. Eight rotation, Just like it was at the end of last year. Yeah. Uh, And and by the way, an encouraging note, because I did see the graphic and I took note of this. Mm -hmm. At this time a year ago, the Nuggets were minus 10.4 per 100 possessions
1: without Jokic
2: on the floor. Uh Uh-huh. And now they're 7.6 minus 7.6. So no, it's not good, but it's almost three points better per 100 possessions. than the bench was doing at this time a year ago. I'm not talking about the playoffs. I'm talking about this time a year ago in the regular season, a little past the halfway mark, the nugget bench was far worse when Jokic was not on the floor.
1: They have won four of their last five since kind of an embarrassing loss in Utah. So I think things kind of tightened up a bit and, Although, the, yeah, I don't know. The, Utah has uh, beaten a lot of folks. Lately. Oh, I understand that, but but Denver did not play well in that no,
2: game, and no, I think they've tightened up.
1: But it's been. You know, um, it
2: happens. I I I really I continue to say this: uh, the Nuggets had one bad home oh, loss, yeah, to a, a and loss to Houston, one Utah's bad home the loss thing. to Orlando. Unless you're losing to Detroit uh, on the road, or Washington, yeah. or Portland, or San Antonio, or Charlotte. Uh, he, those are bad road losses. You lose to almost anybody else. Uh, you know, their home record, even even mediocre teams, their home record's going to be better than your road record. They should win. And the Nuggets win in a place like Boston. Nobody wins in Boston. Well, literally reminded nobody me a this little bit of a game that was a national TV game in 1978 when the Portland Trailblazers were basically unbeatable. This is before Walton got into all those years, seven, eight years, where he's hurt all the time, and they're playing in Portland on a Sunday afternoon, and it's one of the best Nugget teams ever, and they knock them off after Portland had won—I don't know what it was—thirty-nine in a row at home or something like that, and Portland was a defending champion, and the Nuggets went into Portland and beat them, and. They had that kind of class. They had Issel and Thompson and Bobby Jones, and they all played great. And it's on YouTube now, so I've seen the game once or twice. And that Boston game Friday night was even more emotional, I think, because the crowd the, – say what you will about the Boston crowd. They're loud. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're plenty loud. But, um, you know, on this road trip, Jokic was hearing MVP chance in opposing
1: in opposing arenas. I've noticed that, too. Uh, Julian Strawler missed his eighth consecutive game with a knee injury. Yeah, uh, that seems a little more serious. Yeah, the, the, the Nuggets could, could use him back. If you're talking about the bench's improvement, you're going to need a little more depth there as well. But uh, Strother out uh, for another game. We'll find out as as the next game rolls around Indiana tomorrow night. Uh, as the road trip rolls on, two more games left on that road trip, Indiana and then New York on Thursday, uh, interesting note here, and I really hope I'm not jinxing him. I'm gonna, I'm literally just gonna knock on this wood table right now. Um, there is one player for the Denver Nuggets who started all 43 of their games. No, not pardon me, all 44 at this point. One it's Michael Porter Jr. Yeah,
2: and he's playing big minutes too. How about that? He's playing big minutes,
1: yep, and uh, plus 13 in 32 minutes against the Wizards. And uh, I, thought he, he I thought he was good in Boston, he was good in
2: Boston, not spectacular again but workmanlike 13 points eight rebounds uh only turned it over once plus six in 37 minutes uh, same
1: but uh you were wondering you, know, you were again. wondering early on we knew Quokes, we had to, he had more. Played through the injuries early in the season Yeah. Yep. and yep. uh this month you know we're a good chunk through it he's averaging 7.2 per game but he's been over 20 in five of those games but the part that is exciting is from the field and michael porter jr is not you know dunking all the time he's a jump shooter 52 54.2 percent from the field from uh overall but 44.6 from three this month uh dangerous yeah, dangerous a again month. really back to being a, a top shooter that's a big jump from the 38.6 in december uh, and uh seems to be getting that that stroke back and obviously that's a major weapon for the nuggets I, I agree with you look they're in good shape they're one game out of first in the entire western conference uh the tim the timberwolves uh, you know are ahead and the the of the thunder nuggets and thunder tied and uh, all but just percentage points because uh, the nuggets have one more win and one more loss. Minnesota is ahead. They've had two fewer games than the, than the nuggets, but uh, they're they're right in the mix. And let's let let's I, I don't think you panic. Look at it.
2: Other than Boston and Minnesota, the nuggets have been the steadiest team in the league. Uh and and again yeah, I won't the argue gap that. Between Denver and Boston, Denver and Minnesota is minuscule. Uh, but they're ahead of Oklahoma City, ahead of the Knicks, ahead of Milwaukee and Philadelphia, ahead of the Clippers, as hot as the Clippers have been, and as good as the Clippers have been for really about six weeks now. The Nuggets are still ahead of the Clippers. Now again, that's that's tight. That's tight.
1: It's only a game that's uh, that's yep. twenty seven and
2: fourteen versus thirty and fourteen. And Yet the Nuggets on road wins, home losses plus nine. The Clippers plus five. Oklahoma City plus eight. Minnesota plus ten. Uh, Boston now plus twelve. Um, not much difference there. And those three teams—Boston, Minnesota, Denver—and maybe throw Oklahoma City in—they're they're ahead of everybody else. They're clear. The four best teams in the league are pretty obvious. I think even maybe you could say the five best teams because the Knicks are in there. And the Knicks are in there because the Knicks have been tremendous on the road this year. Uh, One of the best road teams, if not the best road team in the league. Uh, The Nuggets get the Knicks, and they get an Indiana team that is aptly named, at least for this year, the Pacers. Because they are probably, right now, with Siakam, the fastest team in the
1: Pacers 13-8 at home, of course, following that trade with Bruce Bruce Brown and Pascal Siakam. And the Knicks 14-5, we'll see how they finish out that road trip, but things are, are doing well for the Denver Nuggets. It's it's they're on track. I love the point you made about the bench and how the difference uh, between when Jokic is we off,
2: forget how bad the bench was, bad. was a year ago at this And it's time. better
1: at this point. It's not where it needs to be, but it's better. So, you know, you're trending in the right direction with young players on there and hopefully Strother can get back soon and continue yeah, to build upon it. That would it. help. Uh, we will see a lot of interesting college hoops going on oh. in the Rocky mountain region as well. A big weekend all over the front range. We'll talk about some of that and catch you up on the latest next on Mile High Sports.
0: This is
1: Ed Tar on Mile High Sports. A lot of good stuff going on in local college basketball. We will start... With the CU women who ended up losing their game against USC on on Friday, which was the first UCLA. Ever, or, me, UCLA, UCLA. The first ever matchup between two top five teams in Boulder. UCLA played very, very well. Yes, that, that was game, a game of 71, not yeah, won. yeah, 76 68 was the win for UCLA. Uh, then they bounce back on Sunday and they knock off number six, uh, Southern Cal. So they split against uh, it, the CU's last three games have been against number eight Stanford. They won. Number five UCLA. They lost. Number six USC. They won. Uh, their next game next Friday will be against Oregon State, which is ranked 25th. So, yeah. I mean, they are playing the best of the best. Pac 12 is good. Pac 12 is good. National. Better rankings for women than for men. Rewarded that because CU, maybe oddly, they did not drop. They remained they shouldn't at have three dropped. because they split UCLA jumps over them. To well, two, the latest fair. rankings, South Carolina, unanimous number one, yeah. obviously at 17-0. and 0. Right. UCLA, 15-1, and jump CU to second. CU remains at three. K-State makes a leap up three spots to number yeah. four. Iowa, after their loss, a scary point after the game, Caitlin Clark gets a uh, run into on the court. Uh, students, if you enjoy storming the court, better start being more careful because this happened twice this weekend to college athletes, and it's going to stop it's, happening it's gonna, overall. This is going to be a, a thing of the past. It happen. won't happen. So you better start playing. And I, I saw it.
2: Uh, I was watching and West Iowa Virginia. Start,
1: drops to five. Yep.
2: I watched West Virginia and Kansas, and if there's ever a good way to storm the court, uh, they found it in, uh, uh, in yeah, Morg- that particular Morgantown, case yeah. in Morgantown um, where they just gathered at the middle of the court. They weren't near any players in yeah. the handshake line. I hate it when they storm the court and they get into the handshake line right. and start bumping people around. And they didn't do that at West Virginia. Good for the folks in Morgantown. If you're going to storm the court, do it that way. And, you know, it. it they, they were restrained um, and they weren't running into people. But right. a lot of the times they do. And you're, you're going to have lawsuits.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, if if uh, somebody
2: gets hurt, you're going to have a loss.
1: David David Jones on Sunday night of of, um, Memphis ended up getting uh, knocked into, a fan knocked into them out in uh, Tulane. Um, Tulane made the argument that this is going to have to to stop. And, um, you know, the the Tulane's coach even talked about it. But, uh, you know, you had that happen on Sunday. And and Caitlin Clark obviously ends up getting, uh, you know, if you saw the video, I mean, she gets flat out just steamrolled. Like a fan just plows over. You're talking about the most talented athlete in women's college basketball and uh that's a little ridiculous
2: start prosecuting these people if they're running in
1: on january 9th uh, nebraska beat purdue and they stormed the court Uh, Purdue's coach matt painter talked about that a couple weeks ago and said specifically we've got to do something about the court storms guys i don't know why institutions aren't ready for it what did you think would happen if they won spread the word spread the word before somebody gets hurt a student from nebraska should be able to storm the court we're cool but get ready for it if that's what you're going to do. Yeah. And I think that's what's got to happen. You know, I agree. Uh, well said. You, you can't have it happen in these uh, you know, two incidents, in men and women's, this weekend. It can't happen. But the women get their uh, crack. They still remain at number three. They will take on Oregon State on Friday. It is a very tough conference schedule because you do get UCLA again. You get USC mm-hmm. again. I mean, they still have. The last three games have been against top 10 opponents. They still have five more games against top 25 (laughs) opponents. So uh, they will not get there by backtracking in. Put it that way. Pac-12 is the best women's conference in the country. The CU men uh, finish a good weekend. They knock knock off Oregon and Oregon State in sequence on Thursday and Saturday. They'll get back at it against Washington on Wednesday on a nationally televised game against DSPNU. The Buffs Mm -hmm. now... Up to fourteen and five, and I think and tied for fourth. Yeah, and after that three game losing the streak, now seem to be turning around a little bit with wins over Southern Cal, Oregon, and Oregon State. And now you get Washington and Washington Washington State next. So, uh, I think for the Buffs men, obviously Cody Williams had that brilliant game against Oregon, and he seems to get better. But the the team. There's sort of a balance there. Williams and DeSilva, getting the both going at the same time seems to have been a little bit tricky, and it's starting to maybe these guys are starting to be able to play together a little bit better because it is hard to imagine. Well, but they the bus, both were out with injuries for right. a while, so
2: they haven't played together. But it's hard to imagine the bus getting much. where they
1: want to go unless they can start having both these guys playing well together. Oh, they,
2: they both average or should be averaging in that 15 to 20 point per game range.
1: So right, right
2: in that range.
1: The, the, it's it's coming along. Look, they're 14th and 5, and as you said, 4th in the Pac-12. The uh, CSU Rams at one point ranked, uh, not ranked because the, the conference schedule has been tougher, but at a, a perfectly robust 15-3 and three, uh, on Friday night after they did knock off a UNLV as well. They uh, go the road. one of those must-wins. And uh, it was tight. It was close. Just as
2: their overtime win over Air Force was, but they got the W. Uh, they have a win over New Mexico, albeit at home. Uh, the two losses in conference uh, to Boise state and Utah state who are one and two, uh, Utah state six and one Boise state four and one. So uh, I, I, I think they're fine. Uh, big games coming up for them as yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, Do you lost uh, over the weekend to North Dakota on the road, but they're tied for second in the summit and, uh, their 12 and 8 record is the best overall record in the Summit Conference, uh, ahead of Saint Thomas and ahead of South Dakota, and
1: almost all the
2: other teams in that conference have losing overall.
1: I, I don't have I don't have that in front of me. By the way, you know the Rams will take onto the, the road this week. They'll take on Nevada and on Wednesday. That'll be nationally televised on game. FS1, and then on Saturday they go to Wyoming. So a another of, tough game. Wyoming is is a couple tough be tough for them, but uh it's a they game. still find themselves when you talk about the the rankings in men's college basketball. Uh, CSU is still kind of on the periphery there. They are in the you know they also receiving votes, but the funny thing is for the first time this week uh, in the coaches poll, CSU was still receiving. Uh, pardon me, they jumped to twenty three in the coaches poll. They're twenty four in the rankings, and for the first time, CU got a vote in the also receiving votes. So uh starting to track their way up too. So uh, back in the rankings for the Rams and uh it's it's obviously Sea so needs to win on the road. Right. Has there been a time I don't have it in front of me. I I certainly cannot recall a year in which the Buffs, rams and pioneers yeah. all made the basketball. That's tournament. right. I mean I know they all have at times. I I, I can't imagine, envision it's ever happened.
2: You know it's a good it's a, it's a good year DU and CC in college hockey both top 20 teams and a pairwise CCs had a very good year. Uh I've seen them uh in person twice playing DU and, and, they, and they
1: beat Omaha back to back this last weekend uh, yeah. 63 yeah, but, and 62. But yep.
2: I, I just want it was CC they lost 2 to DU. Uh, Right, you know. Otherwise, they'd be right up there, if not in the top ten, close to the top ten. And DU won against Omaha. Uh, The one bad DU loss was that game that got delayed a day because there were puddles on the ice that they couldn't get rid of, and they lost to Omaha at home. The same team they
1: crushed Crushed, this week, and they've crushed three out of four times on the road. Yeah, on the road. Things are going well for DU Hockey yes. as yes. well. Yes, and they're
2: number six in the country in the pair.
1: West. Big weekend this weekend for them, too. North Dakota.
2: Uh, in, at North Dakota. Yeah,
1: at North Dakota for Friday and Saturday. Those, those a,
2: will be great
1: games. Those are, uh,
2: those are the two. Uh, it, with all due respect to St. Cloud, uh, which is technically tied for first in the league with North Dakota, uh, the two best teams in the uh, NCHC or
1: North Dakota. Friday night's game will be televised on CBS Sports Network. Too. so Excellent. i mean it's obviously going Excellent. you know national and they, and they
2: do a great job uh, yeah dave starman does the analysis play-by-play is good um watch that one on friday what a, what a terrific, that's it that's always year. a great uh event when north dakota
1: for, B, i mean college sports right now for colorado i mean obviously we've we've had uh the, the rams and buffalo's bat football programs both ascending again uh air force had a a Really good year until their their quarterback got hurt, but it was still a very good and year. And
2: then when he was healthy for the bowl game, they won easily.
1: Right. So I mean, things are looking Against up.
2: James Madison.
1: Right? And now you yeah now you get basketball the basketball teams all over town doing a terrific terrific job. So uh, very very exciting. And uh, uh, we won't have her on tomorrow for that, but we noticed our friend Jenny kavanaugh normally on the Rockies broadcast on. TV for some of the uh, was, CU women's she, basketball she, she games. She did the game Friday night. That's right. And uh, we will, we, she'll join us tomorrow, but she'll join us tomorrow to talk about the likely election to the Hall of Fame for one Todd Helton. But either way, Jenny will join us tomorrow to react to it. Thanks to Cody Rourke for joining us today. Of course, Miley Sports. Make sure you check out his latest article on MyLifeSports.com. Terrific stuff. And, uh, of course, check out everything he's doing with the, the podcast and the Good Morning Broncos show. Cody's staying busy for him. The uh, the off season is just a different season. It's There's no off season for Cody, so give him a follow. Cody Rourke, NFL over at Mile High Sports. Appreciate all of you who listened today, whether it was on the FM, the HD, you went to MileHighSports.com, or you made it easy and got the Mile High Sports app. It's free and gives you all of that in your pocket, all the podcasts, all the interviews, all the live radio shows. You can get all of it in one place. Danny Bailey's the man in the booth that makes all of it work. Thanks, Danny, for making us sound so good. For Sandy Clough, I'm Sean Drotar. We'll be back in just about 22 hours. But you don't have to go anywhere because you've already found the right spot. This is My Life Sports. Fast
2: Colorado, a picture in my
1: head. my thinking before.